So what everyone would want to know is who looked better on the opening day of OTAs, Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett? Who made the bigger impression? Um, C, none of the above. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. It was a fun day, as I'd predicted on yesterday's show over on the south side. Got there at around 9.30, which was the earliest the reporters were allowed uh, to enter the facility. And heading out to the backfields and seeing, you know, real live football again, that was pretty cool. Now, how real and how live? Not so much. Not so much. Watching the quarterbacks in particular, and as you can imagine, uh, pretty much all eyes were on all four of the participants. The first thing that you're doing is looking for clues. You know, who's one, who's two, who's three. And boy, it didn't take long. I mean, it just didn't. As the players would later confirm themselves, there were basically two guys that were getting or splitting the first team reps. And those, of course, were Trubisky and Mason Rudolph. Well, how about that? Surprised? A lot? A little? Come on. At least a little. Well, I don't know why anyone would be surprised that the player with the most NFL experience would enter an innocuous, non-competitive setting like the OTAs as the quarterback who would assume the position of respect. I think that's probably the best way to word it. Um, I do know this. The head coach, if he's made up his mind about a starting quarterback, most certainly was not going to share it with me after the session, as you'll hear from this exchange. Nobody's going to win a job or lose a job out here in shorts in May. So um, pardon me if I don't give you what you're looking for. Awesome. Great. (laughs) It's nice to be back in the head coach's good graces, right? You know what? That's just how he answers questions. I stopped taking that stuff personally forever ago. The answer that I was seeking, to paraphrase the coach, was whatever it was that he had to say. And he said it. And there it was. However, it's also unmistakable from my vantage point in watching all this and to talking to the quarterbacks in the locker room that Mason Rudolph has not been buried by this organization. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. Now, those of you who've already made up your minds as to which quarterback you'd prefer, meaning preferring at the outset 
running out of the tunnel at Paul Brown Stadium this fall. Nothing that I say the rest of the way is going to make any dent in your stance. So don't take it that way. I'm not trying to convince or sway anybody about this quarterback or that quarterback. I'm on record as saying that I believe Trubisky will be the starter, and I believe there's lots of merit to it unless things change, meaning performance dictates, injury dictates. As a default mode, I'm okay with Mitch starting the season. I'm also okay with not burying Mason, something else on which I'd gone on the record back when Mason was, in fact, the only quarterback the team had in the fold. As Mason himself reminded me when I asked after the session basically how he's feeling about the current setup. Yeah, um, you know, I think each year I've been here, there's been competition, there's been guys. I mean, you look back, I just look back to the day that a lot of guys, quarterbacks that have filtered through here. Um, and so I think, you know, with the opportunity to play this year, everyone's going to be competing and, and trying to put their best foot forward. But I'm approaching it, you know, like I have the same mindset I had the last four years. You know, every single day, every single rep I get, I'm trying to make the most of it and, and uh, you know, get better. I think, you know, there's some things with, with, with the offense that have changed post Ben and, and we're trying to uh, just get up to speed and see what we like, you know, see what concepts we prefer over others. And, um, you know, I think, I think leadership, you know, perspective, I think it's, you know, you know, able to step up a little bit more this year um, and uh, kind of be vocal. And, you know, you, you look at, there's, there's, we are, we are a young offense and there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of young guys that need to step up and that have stepped up, you know, from a leadership perspective, but excited to do that. That's a pretty good response. Had his chin up, laughed, talked about needing to exhibit leadership, as you heard there in his response to me. And he stood there and took every question as it came, even as a group of reporters was surrounding Trubisky off to another side of the locker room. When I was done with Mason and everyone had been done With Mitch, I walked over to introduce myself to the latter and to welcome him to Pittsburgh, courtesy I try to get around to extending to every athlete that I cover on all three teams. And he struck me in a brief conversation that we ended up having as kind of in the same spot, meaning he feels like he's got to try a little extra hard, both on and off the field. He, too, referenced leadership. He, too, referenced the type of offense that he's going to have to be leading. And he, too, spoke boldly about not shying away from competition of any kind. Where does this leave Pickett? Well, remember that Pickett had rookie camp a couple of weeks ago, and Pickett was noticeably not around in the locker room when it was open. And that's, that's an astute move, I think, on his part. The whole know-your-place thing. He is the rookie. He just walked in. On one hand, yes, he's going to have to take charge. He's going to have to show his own leadership traits because that's just part of being a quarterback. But there's also a measure of humility that's expected from your teammates as well as your coaches, something that even someone who was brought in to be such an automatic starter like Najee Harris last year 
he exhibited in his own way. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fascinating the way this summer plays out. But what you won't hear on this show is me describing it as some sort of two-quarterback race. It's not. Lots of things can happen. Lots of things. When we come back, just one question. for just one question and that's brought to you always on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garvin, Kelly and George, LGKG they represent people who are hurt in car accidents who need assistance with workers comp and medical malpractice claims the attorneys at LGKG have been designated super lawyers capital S capital L for the past 15 years and yes that is a real thing, the super lawyer designation is reserved for the top 5% of all attorneys in Pennsylvania. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. And today's J1Q comes from Ryan Bowling, who asks, DK, what do you think of Omar Khan becoming the new GM? And I'm glad you came through with this one, Ryan, because there's no way I was going to get through the whole episode without bringing that up. Uh, it's It's... I'm, yeah, I mean, I really am leery for a lot of reasons of having a non-football scouting guy at the top of the chain, and that's where Omar's going to be now. Now, Omar himself will tell you, and not without some cause, that He's been around football an awful lot himself, away from the salary cap and away from the the numbers and the agents and everything else, that he feels he's gotten a good grip on being able to evaluate football talent himself. I respect that. I also know that can be dangerous territory to tread. Now, Andy Weidel, the former Eagles Director of Player Development is coming over as well. He's going to be the assistant GM. He's a Mount Lebanon native, so you have a little bit of a local slash interior tie with both of these guys. And Weidel's background is entirely in scouting. And, okay, that sounds good. You put Weidel in charge of the scouting department as it is. Weidel goes and puts his own uh, mechanisms and philosophies into place, and he oversees them. But then, at the end of the day, you see what I mean. I, I'm not saying that it can't work. I'm saying that there's a reason that I liked the idea of Brandon Hunt being the one who would become elevated to that position because Hunt's background is and was in football evaluation, and he was shoulder-to-shoulder with Kevin Colbert for many years. Now, Omar has been too. Has it been in the same capacity? Has it been drawing the same information? 
I don't know that. We can't know that. In fact, we won't even know that after there's a press conference and they answer the questions to that effect, because why would they admit something like, nah, Kev never really included him in those things. It's just not going to come about. So I'm not going to sit here and go, yay, woo, whatever, to, to this move. I do applaud and have throughout the process. I think the Steelers could have probably gotten away with about 10% of the effort that they put into this. Instead, not only did they interview 16 people originally, six of them for second interviews or callbacks, and then still had Hunt and Khan in for final interviews, even though they've been around these guys like forever. So whatever went into vetting out Hunt, I'll trust that aspect of it because that couldn't have been easy. It, 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 it can never be easy uh, in any employment lineage to tell someone who's been around you forever, hey, by the way, I, I don't think you're good enough for this next thing. Um, that that had to be painful, I'm sure, for all parties, including Hunt. But at the same time, you know, they ended up with a situation where, and this is something that I'd begun talking about three, four months ago, they were going to have a, a two-person figurehead of some form. They were going to have somebody who was going to be the cap guy and somebody who was going to be the scout guy. I just didn't think it would be in this order, but I also can see where they wouldn't have wanted to bring in Weidel from the outside and say, you're the GM over, now it would have been two guys who'd been with them forever. So if it sounds like I'm speculating within that, yeah, okay, I apologize for that. I'm just trying to share my thoughts on it, uh, which is which is what you asked for, Ryan. Uh, we're going to know a lot more after the press conference, but at the same time, we're going to know a lot, lot, lot more after years, presumably, of observing these two atop the hierarchy. I appreciate the question, Ryan. And by the way, I have to say good morning to Ryan. Ryan is one of those people who in our YouTube comments is right there like every day and says good morning, DK, and I always give him a little heart or a good morning back. So now I can do that with the J1Q. Uh, we'll do another one of these tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.